COVID-19. We are also asking people to be prepared. Conspiracy theories. All very interesting things to have happened. There goes the campaign. Like most New Zealanders, just totally brassed off. Welcome to One News Inside Parliament. It's a weekly catch-up about the stories that we've been doing on One News in the lead-up to the election. Now, ah, what a week it's been again. I feel like we almost do this every week now. Shall we point out some pits and peaks and points of interest? Because basically anything that's not COVID-related, I guess we're not really talking about today. Yeah, it's almost like this podcast is um, in the lead-up to the election, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, question yeah, mark, yeah. question mark, question mark. <clears throat> yeah, so I started off the week, we're all looking forward to getting on the campaign trail. Things were really kicking off with the Labour Party um, uh, launch last weekend, and then I was out with the Prime Minister in Whanganui and had a whole week of sort of events lined up, travelling around the country, really getting going. I think today I was with Judith, supposed to be with Judith Collins, and tomorrow with the Greens, and it's all just been absolutely, you know... Uh, Brakes slammed on the whole thing. Everyone's back here and we're back to these 1pm presses with an outbreak of um, COVID-19. It's crazy. A couple of things I wanted to point out as points of interest before we get into it. Um, on Tuesday, was doing a story on Auckland Central, which is obviously going to be a really interesting seat, talking to all of the candidates, including the new national candidate, Emma Mello. So that seems like a really long time ago. And um, also, yeah, the Labour conference over the weekend. And also a story we did... Um, last week about the Cook Islands um, and, and potential that we may be able to open up to them. So it just feels like, you know, a, a week is a long time in politics and certainly has felt like it this week. And, sure and a long time for New Zealand, right? Too. Long time <coughs> yeah. for New yeah. Zealand. And I mean, the Cook Islands for Christmas, you have to say, is probably <laughs> off the uh, Christmas card now. Um, and yeah, like, like Benedict, I too was out on the campaign trail on Tuesday had one day on the campaign trail uh, out and about in Taupo uh, slash Tito with Judith Collins and um, the excitement was there. I mean, her first engagement was a packed out Taupo yacht club. It was standing room only. Um, you know, it was it was super packed. I was, you know, I was pleasantly surprised to see just how many people were out and about. People were getting into this election, and now the rug's been pulled out from under us. Basically, the COVID rug, and um, we're all back here at Parliament. Yeah, yeah and in Wanganui too, with um, Jacinda Ardern, the, the Labour team. You know, it's just, it's just kind of fun when you spend so much time at. Parliament to actually follow them out and about in public and see the sort of interactions and there were some some pretty funny interactions as well. Um, just into getting asked about 5G and um, I think a um, busker following behind repeatedly sort of asking her whether she was a Marxist and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so security campaign. started to keep a bit of a, a distance <laughs> between them. Um, yeah, but you know all those fun kind of interactions with the public, some really cute ones as well. Little kids coming up and be like, just yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, a real shame that that's all been kind of yeah. We saw a bit of speed delayed. dating too in um, in a cafe in Tito, Judith Collins sitting down to speak to one table, um, having quick chit chat, and then she'd get up and would all be prepping, thinking that she was about to leave. So we had the cameras at the ready, then she'd go over to another table, <laughs> sit down, and have a chit chat with them. So it was, it was election speed dating, and boy, it was a fast date. Well, we're we're kind of on this topic already, but let's just talk a little bit about that that campaign and where we're at at the moment. I when I was at the um, Labour launch. On Saturday, there was no getting around the fact of just how buoyant they felt. And mm. over the years, um, we've all been to a lot of party launches, and often um, it's fair to say that Labour has been reasonably flat and not a great time. Um, on Saturday, they were fizzing, and I just think it shows where they're at. And I think their the biggest thing was trying to 
um, remain not to look arrogant and not to look um, over the top. And I, I think it's just really interesting to see that and then we were we were going to have Nationals launch on Sunday this weekend. It would have been their chance to really inject some energy and some and some life and I guess uh, rule a line in the sand uh, over all of the all of the leadership spills and things like that. And I do think that it's it's going to be tough for National not having that opportunity. It's obviously had to be called off because of all of this happening with COVID. So I think we're in this really weird situation at the moment where. Actually, officially, we're still in campaign mode. We're 37 <clears throat> days out from the election now, but we're not. We're back here. We're back in COVID mode. Yeah, so earlier this week, Parliament was supposed to be dissolved officially, right, which is <clears throat> basically you know, wraps up the 52nd Parliament and wraps up this three-year term sort of officially setting the way for the campaign trail and up and towards the general election. So they've delayed that until Monday. They've bought themselves a bit more time as we try and figure out um, you know, just how widespread um, this, this new outbreak is. Um, <clears throat> at the moment, the, yeah, the election's still set down for September the 19th, but it's very easy for them to, to basically push it out any time until November the 21st. But whether things are going to get any better or not, you just don't know. If they're going to move it later than that, then they actually have to change the law, right? And they have to and have to 75% do of MPs. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that means you can't dissolve Parliament. So that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that, a big a big decision. But I, mm. I think um, from what we're seeing with these cases, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised whether they do do not dissolve on Monday and, and you know, look at perhaps push it out until next year. In saying that, though, the Electoral Commission, you know, they've told us, hey, we were already planning to basically have um, hold the election under kind of level two rules with social distancing, um, bring your own pens along. I think their, um, uh, their officials and staff and stuff working on election day, we're going to have PPE. and they, they, So they have already been kind of planning for a COVID election anyway. So whether that maybe tips things back in favour of holding it on September 19, I'm not sure. I guess the point that National and ACT are making though is that how are we supposed to have a fair and balanced election if we can't actually get out there and campaign? So, you know... And you've got the Prime Minister in the beehive theatre every day with these, um, you know, fronting up on these COVID-19 announcements that are just incredibly popular in terms of viewing. Yeah, we, I mean, even, and and Judith Collins accused me of being a bit cynical when I asked this question to her the other day, but I said, look, um, you know, is also part of it the fact that the Prime Minister's popularity spiked um, after after the um, our, our lockdown and, and the Prime Minister's response to that last time. Are you nervous about that happening again? And and her response was, look, I don't think that most New Zealanders are, are that cynical. But I guess there's also, there's this factor of the Prime Minister just getting all of this airtime and being able to really lead the country in this and and whether that's fair and democratic for um, National and Act who, who are having to sit back and is, is that the way it should go? And I think there is something to be said for that argument. David Seymour earlier this week he said look if we do continue on with this election and we are still seeing those daily press conferences um, then there needs to be a discussion and a consideration from the Prime Minister as to whether or not she needs to step away from mm -hmm. that podium and perhaps hold separate press conferences to Ashley Bloomfield because you have to say that that combo, that duo there is hugely popular and Ashley Bloomfield does have a star-like power amongst many New Zealanders after you know what we've been through through that lockdown I mean they were printing his face on t-shirts and bloody tote bags so you know to have him and the Prime Minister stand there it is an unfair advantage if the election 
does continue forward. And I think you can still achieve um, the sort of uh, messaging and the clear guidance and leadership from the Prime Minister if it is separate from Ashley Bloomfield. And I think that's something that, that needs serious consideration if the election continues ahead. Well, my understanding was David Seymour was almost keen just for Ashley Bloomfield to take control of the whole thing. Yeah, and just have the Prime Minister say in the LCC, which is another room separate to the main sort of beehive theatrette that we see, have the Prime Minister do her press conference in there, just like Judith Collins, just like David Seymour, and sort of even, even it out. Field, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I do think it's a different scenario now than it was then because we are in in campaign mode, and yes, technically Parliament hasn't dissolved, but effectively they. It, the fact is that Judith Collins and Jacinda Ardern are both auditioning to be Prime Minister during this time. And it, it, But I guess on the flip side, the other argument is, is that does the Prime Minister just need to be concentrating on the job of being Prime Minister and delivering those messages and not worry too much about the look of it? So it's it's one of those things that I, I do think is is really interesting. And I, I, I actually think a valid point to make. Yeah, and I think for the for the public, um, I'm sure a lot of people will be out there sitting there like, like you're right, it is unfair to the opposition. Mm. But at the same time, I'm sure a lot of the public are looking, sitting out there like, hey, we need you guys to get on top of this. Yeah. We need the Prime Minister to be making decisions with, with Cabinet and with Ashley Bloomfield about trying to shut this thing down again. And look, I think that can still be achieved. And that's why I said I think that can still be achieved. I think she still has the gravitas and still has the clear messaging that people will be looking for. And she can do that alone by herself in a separate press conference to Ashley Bloomfield. But, you know, obviously that'll be for them to consider and weigh up. And there are political weightings in that, though, um, because you're right, the opposition, if if, that, if the election continues ahead and she continues to, live, to deliver those 1pm press conferences alongside Ashley Bloomfield, the opposition will be you know, bringing that criticism and drawing that criticism. The other problem that you've got though is if we delay it now then do we face another potential outbreak and then do we, you know, it's just one of those things. There's that no guarantee it's going to be any, any better next no, year. Or, no, no, yeah, but November and how right. much clean clear air do you need to get messages across and, and what's a fair time in which to do that. So I think there's a, there's a lot going on there. And, and if none of the parties are able to go out and campaign, if you just held the election you know, if, if depending on what happens with lockdown in Auckland and stuff yeah, like that, parties aren't out campaigning. It's still an even playing field, even though it's not But the Prime Minister's still getting those that, daily... Correct. And, that, and that's the thing that yeah. I do, I just think that it I think you could argue that it's not going to be very fair. In terms of the um, the COVID resurgence, yeah. and that's what we're facing now, I I was sitting in a um, hotel room in Auckland on on Tuesday night. In your pajamas, um, I thanks heard. for that. Yep, in my pajamas. Um, but more importantly, had taken off my makeup, which um, I think <laughs> people will be more concerned about. Um, I will tell you, it was um, after eight thirty, but but before nine o'clock, and I got a call from um, the Prime Minister's press secretary saying that there was going to be a. A press conference of national significance. So um, I feel I got into the into the Auckland studio in record time with some makeup on my face. Um, Benedict was very quick to point out to me perhaps hadn't brushed my hair as effectively as I should have. So I do apologise for that. Um, a few minutes before we realised that the Prime Minister may not be may not be there exactly on nine fifteen when we'd broken into programming. So. Um, Jenny Sora and I um, padded what we call padding in the TV world um, for a good 10 minutes um, about one new fact that we had. So um, we, it was a pretty 
pretty raw ride um, for those 10 minutes. Just very, and very impressive, I thought. Thanks. Um, thank, not the hair, but, I, but, but I'll take the, the... That's great. Thank you. But, you know, especially, you know, going back and looking at the... Um, particularly around the masks and, you know, the, the debate around masks and stuff that have been coming up. And actually, Tuesday morning, maybe early afternoon, we'd been with the Prime Minister in Whanganui um, at a face mask factory, watching them all, all get printed because there had been the call the, just the week before for people to go out there and, you know, get, get some masks and keep them in your emergency kit in case we had an outbreak because finally, um, uh, you know, our health officials and the government here decided to follow what the rest of the world has been doing and, you know, recommend people wear masks. Um, and, and, yeah, so it was shortly after that, I think she'd, she went to another event, um, got back in the van to come back to Wellington, and that's when she found out there had been this outbreak. And it sounds like it has been, you know, they think it has been here for a couple of weeks, so we didn't really get to 100 days without um, without community transmission. And then, and then basically, so we found out about, was it the first one was four new cases, the family, <clears throat> and, and then it's risen quite rapidly. What We had 13 more new cases connected to that cluster as well as another one in managed isolation, which you don't need to worry about so yeah. much. Um, and it sounds like there's uh, many more cases, or maybe not many more, but there are more cases coming out at 1pm today. So we're shortly before 1pm at the moment, but it's going to be fascinating. And then this afternoon we also have that decision. Cabinet will be meeting. So this will be a little bit dated, but they're going to have to make a, that call this afternoon around um, you know, lockdown. Yeah, and where, where we're at and where, where we go with all of that. Have you guys been wearing I Because I was in Auckland, so we had to wear a mask on the on the way home. And it is a really funny thing. And maybe when we watch this podcast back in a year or, or something like that, it might be a very discuss, a different discussion. But I felt quite self-conscious wearing it in the airport, like mm. I was being a bit of a drama queen. You know what I mean? Like it's that feeling that you're like, oh, I feel like I'm going a bit over the top, but I thought, oh look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wear it. I feel comfortable wearing it, and so hopped on hopped on, and probably about maybe a third of people around the airport were wearing them. And then when we hopped onto the plane, they were handing out masks to anyone leaving Auckland. This was before the lockdown, when when we were allowed to fly back to where we live, which is obviously for me Wellington. And um, by the time they were handing out masks, a lot more people were taking them, but not everyone. And you do feel quite, it does feel quite claustrophobic. And I and it's a funny, I, I think, um, and I, was, and I was reading, so I had my reading glasses on and they're fogging, they're fogging up. And up. There's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. there's a few little things yeah. like that. But I do think we've seen our reporters in Auckland wearing the masks on the news quite a lot. And it's quite restrictive in your in your breathing. And I just wonder if, A, either this is going to become a norm and we'll get used to people mm. watching them on air and we'll get used to wearing them, or if it's going to be something that that um, does always feel a bit peculiar and a bit, yeah, a so bit strange. I, in, in Wellington, I um, catch a train into work and yesterday I wore a mask on the train on the way to and from work. And I'd say maybe f- 10, 15% of people on the mm. train were wearing masks, but the interesting thing was like the train was about a third full, um, and yeah. normally it's, it's chocker, it's hard to find a seat, and it was, yeah, so I think a lot of people just straight away were like, nah, not going into the city, not not going on public transport if, if we've got um, the coronavirus back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, should we um, have a chat though? What, one thing I thought was really interesting, um, when you're up with, with the National Party, um, and, and, and we've also had a presser here as well this week, where the National Party seems to be suggesting there's a, you know there has been a bit of a conspiracy saying that it's a very interesting time of um, timeline of events that you know that the prime minister visits a mask factory that there were the calls last week to stock up on masks you know and all of a sudden we've got 
we've, we've got coronavirus here. I think Jerry Brownlee, um, you know, he was saying, oh, really interesting um, timeline or, you know, series of events here. And, and Jess, you really pushed him on that in that press conference to, you know, explain exactly what he meant. I was meant curious what he meant, yeah. Yeah, but it, it seemed, most people have interpreted it, they seem to be suggesting that there's some sort of conspiracy um, you know, with Ashley Bloomfield and Jacinda Ardern. I, and, and I think that he was laying out all of these uh, things. And I think it's really important to question the timeline of the Prime Minister and when she knew and when Ashley Bloomfield knew. I think that's um, a really important part of our job and I think it's an important question to ask right at the beginning. I don't think we had to give it a day and, and I think we did that. It's important that that the public knows as soon as our officials know about this information, they're sharing it. But we had asked them on that on that Wednesday night, we had asked them on that um, Tuesday morning to lay all of that out, and then we had National coming out and saying, oh, look, well, you've got the mask factory, you've got the... Um, the I can't remember what the other things were now. The COVID test with Ashley? Yeah, yep. that, yeah so that was another interesting thing. So it, um, Dr Ashley Bloomfield went and had a COVID test in front of the... TV cameras to show what it was like for people. And that was about an hour before he found out about that first positive case. And um, Jerry Brownlee pointed out, look, you've got this and this and this. And he pointed out saying there were, there were rumours going around that the government knew. And I think there was a bit of confusion with, with some of the other ministers not getting that timeline quite right. And so he pointed out out these facts and, and you know, saying that we needed to question the government about it, so we put that to the Prime Minister as well. But you've just got the situation at the moment where we are having to rely on on official advice and we are having to rely on the word of ministers and you've got people like influencers coming out and saying things like, you know, COVID's a farce and, and things like that. And it just it just creates this murky Situation. I think the National Party was dancing very closely to the line of conspiracy theories on this one. And I think a number of people have pointed that out. And yes, they may reject that, but also to be drawing things like the masks factory visit, um, Ashley Bloomfield getting a test, and then to be um, lining that up with all interesting facts only hours before you know um, mm. our biggest city went into lockdown, and to leave that hanging there... I think was is very cute of the National Party to then be saying, hey, 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 no, 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 don't look yeah. at us. We're, it, we're not saying anything of the sort. We're not implying anything of the sort. We're just raising interesting facts. And I think when you've got the likes of um, the um, uh, public party, Billy Te Kahika, um, spreading huge conspiracies out there, um, and, and a number of people are saying that, you know, um, Māori and Pacific communities in particular, and we've got our Pacific correspondent, Barbara Jeeva, looking into this, um, um, being targeted in regards to these conspiracy theories, then it, it is upon our political leaders who are in parliament, big parties like National, not to be seen to be adding to that type of uh, fear and um, confusion. And so I think that's what that's what they were doing. And, and that's what I heard too when I was with Judith Collins in Taupo earlier this week. She raised um, Ashley Bloomfield, you know, telling everybody, giving everybody the latest advice around perhaps having a mask at the ready. And, you know, she made comments about, have you got your mask ready? No, you don't because you're brassed off, huh? 
can't you? Is it growing in the gardens? What is he not telling us? What does he know yeah. that we don't know? Yeah. You know, sort of planting seeds, if you like. So never sort of coming out and directly saying it as, as blatantly um, as others m- may have. So you, you wouldn't call it, you know, conspiracy theories, but certainly sort of um, dropping seeds there and you could well, say uh, trying to yeah. tap into the fringe to the fringe base of those parties or, or, or others. Well, yeah, which is a, a, a comment that um, Paul Buchanan, political scientist, made in your track last night, you know, saying that he, he feels that they're sort of heading towards Trump territory here, um, Judith and Jerry here. And I thought it was extraordinary, some of those comments that played in your track last night that Judith had made, um, you know, out on the campaign trail. And look, they will absolutely reject um, that you know that they that they were at, that they were doing anything of the sort that they were sort of tapping into that fringe base that they were you know promoting any sort of idea that there was something untoward or, or, or the likes. But you know that is certainly how it comes across, and they need to be mindful of these things as political leaders. Another element that kind of ties in to this as well, and 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 gives a slightly different perspective is that National is coming out and saying that they want to be briefed at a, at a top mm. level about all of this and they've got um, their spokesperson um, Dr Shane Reti who is, would be prepared to chip in and help with that and they're saying they're just not being given um, that information as well. Now the Prime Minister did brief um, just Judith Collins um, but but Judith Collins says, look, it wasn't a very fulsome brief. Yeah, and, and that's a fair point, right? And Judith's saying, hey, if you call me half an hour before you, you, you're announcing to the country what your decision is, that's not consultation. You, you, you just, give, vo- me he- yeah, you just exactly. give me a heads up what yeah. you're about to do. And uh, Dr Shane Reese did um, receive a briefing yesterday, I think, from um, the health minister. But and, he did and, have to jump up and down yeah, for it. And, yeah, and I think that was the, you know, these are the points they sh- you know, probably should be making. Um you know that they've been left out of the loop. We are so close to an election. You know they should be. Yeah, but those points are very different to the <laughs> other points yeah, that they've been sure. raising. Yeah, they're they're sure. different. Yeah. So maybe they need arguments. to hone their um, arguments. They just need to hone in on the arguments, and I think we saw that yesterday with them going to ground um, uh, partially, at least with us. In fact, we, we we asked them for an interview on these issues, and um, they declined, and they didn't want to talk about it. Repeatedly declined. Yeah. Mm. Well, there we go. Yeah, so Another week in the life of Benedict, Mahi and Jess. Um, I wonder what next week will bring. I'm almost nervous to ask. Um, and tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah not, even, not even next yep. week, but even just tonight. Um, and I guess we're just, ev- I mean, everyone's going to be feeling like this at the moment, but we're just, we're just waiting to hear what happens, I guess, for us and for our wider team. The decision tonight has a massive impact on on whether the campaign will go ahead, and therefore on our lives, whether we'll be out and about, on our families' lives, all of all of that. So I think um, it's us and and a lot of people in the rest of New Zealand waiting to hear what that decision is tonight. So we shall we shall meet again um, very soon. So this was One News Inside Parliament, our weekly catch up about the political stories we're covering as we head towards the general election, most probably. We're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. It's available around this time each week on One News Online. And check us out on your favourite podcasting app. See you soon.